0: Welcome to Confabbed, the podcast where you rant, rave, and break down
1: all things in the entertainment world. I'm your host, Lindsay Howard. And I'm Rachel Steinkamp. This week we'll be diving into talk of shorter Game of Thrones seasons, the Netflix and Disney relationship, and Guardians of the Galaxy news. Then about halfway through, we'll jump into this week's episode of Game of Thrones entitled Blood of My Blood. And if you haven't caught up, never you fear, we'll give you a heads up before we enter spoiler territory. But for now, I'm going to pass it back to Lindsay so she can get this show on the road. Lindsay? Alright, so our first story this week is about Game of
0: Thrones, as you said. One of the showrunners, uh, David Benioff, was quoted in April saying that the show would only have 13 episodes left after season 6, likely because they had to move ahead of the books, which have yet to be printed. The story resurfaced today after Jack Bender, the director of this week and last week's episodes, was asked if he would come back next season, and he said he didn't know, restating that the limited number of episodes would mean that maybe they'd bring back old directors that were some of their favorites or go-tos. That would mean that season seven would have seven episodes in theory and season eight would have six. There are only two books left in the series, so it makes sense, I guess, but there might be a long gap seen with shows like Sherlock, for example, the really long spaces between seasons. I'm kind of disappointed by this, but I'm also actually pretty excited because that means that they're sticking to the story and the timeline given in the books, which is, I don't know, I feel like it gives some more weight to the story because it's not strictly about the money, although they're getting massive amounts of money, undoubtedly. But, I don't know, I'm sad, but also kind of impressed at the same time that they're sticking to their own sort of deadlines.
1: To start off, I would like to say, George R. R. Martin, get writing. Come <laughs> on, you got two more books to publish. Come on, keep those going, keep those going. But as we're moving closer to this end game and moving past the books, it makes sense, it, meaning shorter seasons, because... It might mean this will be closer to what the books actually come out to be. It's a shorter amount they have to fill in the show versus the book. Because with the books already written, you could say, oh, I like this a little bit and this a little bit. We could incorporate this into the show. Whereas they don't have all of that laid out because right now, they're kind of going off script. Yes, I'm sad that we're only looking at 13 episodes total, which is one and a little bit more than all the other seasons which include 10 episodes per season. I'm still hoping for a Gendry return. He's still <laughs> rowing that boat. I think what we also could be looking at is for a series finale, a two-hour one, which would bring it up to essentially seven episodes per season. I could see them doing going off with a bang with a two-hour finale. I mean, I would hope so, because I feel like in each hour we see little bits of the storyline, unless the
0: final episode is strictly related to one arc, I feel like it would be very hard to feel like the final episode is particularly substantive.
1: Who knows what that's going to be, and we can kind of dive into that later in the episode if you want. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be covering the new episode, so we can probably (laughs) start making guesses and things, because we
0: always do that. But I think you had a story about Netflix that you wanted to talk about.
1: I do, so... But by now, you might have heard that Netflix and Disney have teamed up so that starting this December, Netflix will be the exclusive home to all Disney movies. This means Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm. However, because of course there has to be an however to this, we come to learn that this deal will only include brand new Disney theatrical releases. No classic movies squirreled away in the Disney vault, which is sad because as of June 1st, Hercules is gone, Come June 24th, Mulan and The Hunchback of Notre Dame will also be gone. And they got rid of a lot of their Disney movies already on there last month or two months ago. But on the other hand, Finding Dory should be on Netflix sometime in the future. They said that it would be about nine months after the theater release of the movies.
0: So, you know, it'll be a while, but it'll be a lot less than previously. And I guess I'm... I'm just just sad. (laughs) Like, I don't want to see the old ones go. And I still wish that they had some of my favorites on there, which they don't have on there at all.
1: You and I can't go watch Hercules together on Netflix anymore. We actually have to have own the DVD or the VHS. Well, it's depressing
0: because we used to have like Disney weekends where we'd watch like, what what do we watch? Lion King or something and like Mulan and Hercules and just everything. And now we can't do
1: any of that. We could still have Robin Hood. Robin Hood is still on Netflix. Oh, fun Robin fact. Hood's great. Okay, so we're going to have a Robin Hood night, but we can't have a Hercules night. We'll have to have a Mulan and Hunchback night before those are gone June 24th. it be my first time watching Hunchback. Really? Yep. Girl, we are going to have you watch Hunchback. The music's wonderful, <laughs> in it? But hey, this also might mean that Star Wars movies could be coming to Netflix sometime.
0: I think they would be considering, like, I think they said that most, if not all, Disney movies would be coming out about half, a little over half a year after
1: the actual release date. So do you think they will release the classic Disney movies again on Netflix after the steal?
0: I don't know. I feel like people... Because the thing is, it took, it took Netflix ages to realize that we were like, I don't know about this movie selection, man. Like, it's not great. Oh, it's horrible. But I feel like people might be up in arms about this a little bit because like... If your kid is going to go watch Netflix and they can't watch Disney, it's kind of, that's kind of annoying. Like, especially for us who grew up with that era of Disney, we're going to want our kids to watch that. Not that we have kids, you or me, but,
1: like, people who have kids. <laughs> like, we're really annoyed. By the time we have kids, I think they will have new selections. I know, but I'm I'm going to miss the classics. <laughs> oh, me too. 90s Disney, that was prime time. So I think you had another story you want to cover tonight, Lindsay?
0: Yeah, so this week they announced that Guardians of the Galaxy sequel, which is charmingly named Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I think is fantastic because it's like a comic book. I love it, um, which will be the first Marvel movie to include a female villain as a main character, which I think is quite cool. The character in question is named Aisha, and she's a sort of goddess figure that was created by this group of scientists known as the Enclave. Aisha is also known in the comics as Her, like with a capital H, which is super helpful explanation-wise, because we know everything about her now. Because, you know, we got Spider-Man and Iron Man, and then there's Her, (laughs) which is fantastic. Aisha is quite a lot better of a name, really. Uh, her story has to do with creating genetically perfect creatures and recreating humanity. And you know how awesome I think eugenics is as a subject of interest.
1: Yes, so I I do. think I'm going to really like her. So I was reading the wiki about her. And according to the wiki, she was the second attempt at the creation of a perfect test tube grown human being by the Enclave. Yikes. <laughs> so I'm thinking we have your Adam and Eve. So if there's a her, will there also be a him in this movie?
0: Maybe. I mean, that would be interesting. It would be. I... The idea of a test tube baby villain is hysterical to me.
1: I love that. But the article that you found, that you brought Mm -hmm. up, she is, quote, a blonde goddess-like being created by the Enclave, a group of scientists who want to take over the world, though her backstory is is complex and involves perfect genetic beings and restarting humanity. We'll see how this goes. I'm curious of how much power this girl's going to get. But she's going to be performed by Elizabeth Debicki. Well theoretically theoretically okay but that
0: is the rumor right people now people are sort of assuming
1: but you might know her as jordan baker from the great gatsby she was also in the man named uncle i haven't seen that one yet basically
0: she is in australian
1: blonde yes. and it's probably going
0: to be awesome so i'm in
1: <laughs> will she keep the accent i don't know these are the questions we need to know i think it depends on
0: who the scientists are like how they cast them because you kind of grow up hearing that accent so she's going to be british maybe
1: it seems like all these villains or if anywhere you want to go in the world everyone's
0: british and i'm okay with that i mean australians are like kind of british but don't tell them that because they'll get really angry they're southern british (laughs) i don't know i'm interested because as i said eugenics is amazing and like crazy scary and awesome i'm really glad that they're bringing in new characters because i know they've been doing that like they did in civil war but I'm, I'm really into the new
1: character thing. Guardians of the Galaxy, it's the B-Team Avengers. And I'm so excited for it. I want more awesome soundtracking, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially because I've gone into that, like, 50s and 60s vibe lately. Thank you, Fallout 4. Or just Fallout mm. in general, honestly. But because of that, oh, they could bring me some more music. Anything 80s and backwards, I'm down. <laughs> There'll be another really addicting trailer. Hooked on a feeling. Stuck in my head for weeks. (laughs) No regrets. No regrets. (laughs) So I think, Lindsay, you had a question of the week you want to bring up?
0: Yes. I have a question for us, which is, which of these would you prefer to go to? The Game of Thrones Season 8 Red Carpet Premiere or the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Red Carpet Premiere?
1: Ooh. That's a tough one. Because I feel like, okay... The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, a Red Carpet Premiere, is going to have all the old Harry Potter characters plus the new people, plus you get to meet J.K. Rowling. Who, okay, even though I have some issues with her at times, she would be fantastic. Join the club. Yeah, she would be fantastic to meet. But then again, on the other side, Game of Thrones. Those are a very attractive bunch of people, and I have been following <laughs> that show for so long. Yeah, I I think.
0: For me, I would have to pick the Harry Potter one. And I have points. I have reasons. Firstly, if I want to be a writer, I need to sort of feel like I have any sort of relevance to other writers, which just sounds horrible. But like meeting other writers, I think, would be really beneficial. Because otherwise, you don't really get the person behind the story, which I think is sometimes more interesting than the actual story itself. Not necessarily in the case of Harry Potter, I don't know. I've never met her, obviously. You would also get to meet of course the original cast, like you said, and all the new people, which could be awesome. Because if we got some like newbie actors as well, then you could totally like wiggle your way in, become friends with these new actors, and like ride along with them. <laughs> that would be great.
1: Oh yes it would. Okay, I think I want to go to Fantastic Beast somewhere to find them. Lindsay, can we go together? <laughs> Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, Warner Brothers, uh, can you hook us up, please? We know you're listening, right? Right. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I would love that. I would love
1: that. You know what other premiere I would love to go to? The next Star Wars movie, Star Wars Episode oh, Eight. Oh, that would be a fantastic one to go to. You know, apparently,
0: and this is like a mini story bonus time. Ooh, um, I love apparently, those times. I don't know what it was about the film but they were saying that it felt almost too like war like which i was like do it please (laughs) like episode eight or the upcoming rogue one um the next one i think but they were saying it felt too much like a war movie which i would actually prefer because the last Uh. one was very very like the original but the plot was exactly the same i was okay with that it was, it was like straight Star Wars. It wasn't like anything battley, which would have been more fun for me. Because it was like, oh, let me just go learn that I am a Jedi and like become a lightsaber awesome, like Luke did. It was the same story with a girl, which is but, fine.
1: I was but... okay with that just because it was a reboot of the series, and it's we're getting back to things that everyone loves. As long as Episode Eight and Nine are different than Five and Six were, I am completely okay with um, Seven paralleling Four.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Is like I would much, I would much rather see a movie that's more similar to a war movie than to a remake.
1: We're getting very off track here, but Five did have its war feelings, I guess. I'm just excited for this movie. But when, Okay, when does Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them come coming back to our, our original topic? I have no idea. Let's set that up on IMDb <laughs> right now.
0: I do know that when I went in January, they were still filming because Eddie Redmayne was five minutes away from me and I wanted to cry. (laughs) I was so upset.
1: Oh, you didn't go up and find him?
0: Well, no, because we were inside this building and they were in the lot behind the building filming. So we didn't get to go because it was the the studio tour.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: Yeah. But I remember you walk in the door and I was there with my friend Garrett and they were just like, oh, by the way, (laughs) Eddie Redmayne and Co. were five minutes that way, and we all got real
1: upset. Okay, so according to IMDb, or IMDb, as I like to call it, yep, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them comes out November 18th, 2016. I knew it was ages, but I didn't know exactly when. Thanksgiving. Okay, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. I think I'm probably the only one in my family that's going to go see it.
1: Because my parents
0: aren't into it, and my brother's not big on books. So,
1: Well, Lindsay, if we're in the same city come thanksgiving we can go together sounds good so you want to move on to our game of thrones talk yeah okay. we got some sort of play-by-play notes going
0: on and discuss each scene so if you haven't seen this week's episode uh blood of my blood season six episode six run away <laughs>
1: because we're not holding
0: anything back
1: <laughs> spoiler alert Spoiler uh, alert! Uh, this uh, is your final warning. Turn back now if you do not want spoilers. Yeah, seriously, you're gonna <laughs> do that every week until we have music. We'll find something We'll eventually. find something eventually.
0: <laughs> and get your brother to make something.
1: Oh yeah, he would probably or love mine. that. <laughs> they can collab together.
0: <laughs> okay, so assuming that those of you who are still here have seen the episode we're just gonna get right into
1: it or just want to hear about uh, us talk about it
0: that's also a fair play Mm -hmm. good on you let's do it so we open up post intro scene you know and we've got mira dragging bran across the north of the wall you know wastelandy dead forest area and she's pulling him along, but it's kind of useless because she can't carry him. And the walkers are there because he somehow led them to him again, which is super helpful. And, uh, yeah, they get saved by this dude on horseback that we'll chat about later. But uh, I have this weird, like, this connection was made, especially since we were just talking about Harry Potter. But the White Walker King is what I, I cannot for the life of me remember what to call him. So I'm going to call him the king. the Night, Night King. Night King. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. I don't know who named him that. It doesn't make sense to me.
1: but Take it up with Gurm.
0: Yeah, I'd be mean, like, hey, why did you do that? Just fix it. The Night King is sort of the equivalent of, like, he's the Voldemort to Brand's Harry. <laughs> like,
1: they huh. have this mental
0: connection thing, and I like it a lot.
1: You know, while he was still warging, I was still thinking about our Lord of Light connection that we had last week. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you,
0: man. Everything is Bran's fault from now on. I don't care what it is, it's always his fault.
1: Oh yeah. He could still be whispering to the Targaryen king to burn them all. Eventually. I mean, I'm down. Because he might try to stop this and it's just gonna make it worse and seriously, I'm blaming Bran for everything. I seriously hope that
0: that's a thing, because if it's not a thing I'm gonna feel a little bit ripped off. The other thing that I found interesting about that scene aside from the you know, dude saving them, was like, I can't tell if Mira is just, like, concerned about Bran, or if she's actually into him. The way that she was looking at him and holding on to him was a little bit, it made me feel like I was supposed to ship it, and I don't.
1: Oh, I didn't get that feeling at all. I got more of a, she's very protective of him, they've been traveling together for ages, and besides- That's what I would prefer, but I don't want them to throw in a random ship, because I don't like that. Yeah, we have enough ships we can hold on to and ship.
0: But I Do think you know with, how upset I am that we did not see my new ship uh, <laughs> this week?
1: I'm so upset. But with Mira, I think it's she also feels kind of guilty, especially with Hodor just dying in front of them and sacrificing himself. That she I mean, feels that was Bran's
0: fault. Again. It was
1: Bran's fault. But I feel like Mira also feels kind of guilty about it. She is the one who first said, hold the door. She's the one who kept on saying, hold the door. Mm, Brand's, its Brand's fault that it was kept in his mind for all those Weird years. Weird cycle thing, yeah. Also about the scene, I love it that when our mysterious character comes in, when mm-hmm. he comes in and starts whipping all the whites' butts with this incense burner, it seriously looks like the things that like monks use to you know, <laughs> throw the incense. <laughs> oh, oh, oh gosh,
0: he's cleansing them or something with fire.
1: Yes, he is.
0: We'll talk about that guy later, for sure, because he comes back at the end of the episode.
1: Spoiler, I mean, Lindsay! Come on!
0: We we already warned them about that. It's not my fault. <laughs> I guess I was a little bit surprised that Bran was pretty chill about getting got by all the bad guys. He's just, you know, oh, they caught up to us, or they found us, or whatever he said, and just kind of sitting there. And I don't know if he saw Homeslice coming, the guy that we're not ma- we're not naming yet, that guy, or if he just, you know, was done.
1: Well, now that he's the three-eyed raven, he's seen the history of the world, so he might know the future now and knows, well, it's not my time to die yet. I know when I die, and that's not now.
0: So that's what I was hoping, but he didn't have some sort of flashback in that flashback sequence that, to me, said that, so... Maybe we just haven't been shown it yet.
1: we might not have been shown it. Plus, he's still learning how to control his powers. It's a lot to take in as a little kid, especially when all this power's thrust upon you.
0: After that scene, we moved on to Sam and Gilly going to Sam's house. And little Sam. uh, Yeah, with little Sam. And uh, he hasn't told the truth to his family about who Gilly is and that she's a wildling because his dad likes to kill wildlings, which is awesome and uh convenient for them but he's already renounced his title and inheritance and everything and i like that he calls them his family that's really cute and he wants his father to take in gilly and little sam so they arrive at the place and sam's mom shows up and i love her so much uh, her name, her the actress's name is Samantha Spiro. She used to be an actress at the Globe Theater, so she's going from Shakespeare to Game of Thrones, which is super fun. And I'm excited to see her in something other than Shakespeare because I feel like in Shakespeare, everything was very proper speech, and now she gets to play all these other different types of characters, which is really fun. And uh, I think she's adorable, and I think his sister is adorable. And I also like how Gilly's a mess, and she's like, oh my gosh, you're so lovely, and da da da. And I'm like, not sure if you're being honest or polite, but you're so cute.
1: And she has no idea how to act in front of them. I'm like, oh, poor Gilly. Also, my favorite part of the scene was with Sam's sister going, "What's your colors? Midnight blue or silver? Silver, maybe. Come on, you can have one of my bedrooms. How many <laughs> bedrooms does this woman have? I know, but no. My
0: favorite part was the was baby Sam reaching out. And it was so cute. <laughs> it was adorable. Also. Sam's brother has the saddest name in the entire world. And I don't want to say it.
1: <laughs> oh, I had that listed as well. Oh, poor Dickon.
0: <laughs> so unfortunate.
1: Poor kid. Uh, it's weird because half
0: these characters have rhyming names now, like Rickon and that guy and like...
1: Rickon and Dickon and Tommen and... I don't know. Brand almost. It's like a half rhyme. It doesn't really count.
0: Tommen and Brandon. Loose rhyme. Tommen and Brandon.
1: There we go. Yeah, I'll take it. Rickon and Dickon and Tommen and Brandon.
0: but yeah i was um i'm gonna come back to the blue and silver thing later but before that happens uh we kind of jump to the sparrow and tommen's freaking out about marjorie because of the walk of atonement situation and he is so naive thinking she actually cares about the poor and stuff she's at least being honest now whether or not that's a surprising thing well i mean the thing is right i think i think we all know that it's a game at this point, like it's what? a tactic. It's a
1: tactic. It's a game. It's a game then, of thrones.
0: Well, yes, but <laughs> she's playing her own mini game with her own little chess pieces and stuff, and she's saying, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the chess match in the end, mate. And I don't know if she's specifically trying to encourage Tommen or the Sparrow by speaking to him, because I mean, she could say. I need to atone, and everyone's bad, and my brother is innocent, but uh, his sins have messed him up or whatever, which is also kind of naive, I think, but she could either be saying that to get Tommen to think, oh yeah, we should work with this guy, or for him to go back and tell the sparrow, because he's very bad at keeping secrets, what she's saying to convince the sparrow to do what she wants.
1: I think that she is... Trying to get Tommen on her side, and I'm trying. I think her whole goal is to get out of there and to get her brother out of there, and the only way to do that right now, in her mind, is for to go along with the High plan. Just because she last we saw her and Loras, Loras is so broken; he's ready to do whatever it takes just to get out of there and to make the pain stop. So I think she's trying to be merciful for Loras's sake, and that is the person she cares about right now.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm sort of of the impression that Tommen was going to side with the sparrow anyway, because at this point, he doesn't know what else to do. So I feel like her saying that, she knew that Tommen would go back to the sparrow and tell him, she's in. We're sorted, she wants in, she's not going to fight it anymore. You know, I think she thinks that he is her sort of vessel for whatever she wants to get done, which, frankly, he's kind of stupid enough to do it, so... You know, I also don't... He's was, whipped. The one thing that actually really bothered me about this scene was so dumb, and I don't know why I noticed I I notice it both times I watched it. She squeezes his arm really strangely when he comes in. And I was just laughing because really? I didn't understand what was happening, and I was like, I completely ruined the whole scene both times because I couldn't stop laughing.
1: I'll have to go back a third time and rewatch that. It's so weird.
0: I don't know why. I just... I don't know if it was supposed to be comforting, or... I don't know, man. It was strange.
1: See, and from Marjorie's perspective, Tommen doesn't have a backbone to stand up to the High Sparrow, so her only plan right now is to go along with whatever the High Sparrow says.
0: I feel like she's sitting there literally going, ha, you know nothing, Tommen Baratheon. <laughs> like, just having a laugh at him a little bit, because it's all part of this chess game. And I, I also like that he's, oh, you're amazing, you're you're awesome, whatever. And she's like, no, <laughs> no, you're an idiot.
1: <laughs> oh, there was this quote of Tommen's like, I missed you so much. You don't know how much. I think I know why he missed her so much.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think, well, their relationship's pretty weird anyway, so I'm not going to get into that. But
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: Yeah. very, very odd. Um, so after that, we went back to the whole, quote about the blue and silver thing we're back at sam's home gilly's in this weird bronzy dress which i don't know which room she ended up in because it also looked pretty bronze so i guess she got neither of the two rooms i don't know one of the other random ones
1: i think the blue and silver were her colors for like her dress oh it looked bronze like <laughs> i I guess bronze was her color i they i mean probably
0: because considering she's very like woodsy i bet she probably felt pretty happy with that decision but I love how sweet Sam is. He's like, oh, it's beautiful. You're beautiful. And she's like, oh, thanks. That was cute. I liked it a lot. I also liked his hair. I liked his hair a lot. It's very suave.
1: It was interesting to see her all dressed up instead of her in her wildling outfit. It was a very different image. And I almost preferred her in the wildling outfit. But I think that's because I'm so used to seeing her in that. And that the curls threw me off.
0: Yeah, she felt almost like too dressed up if that makes sense because yeah. we just saw her walk in with the like oily hair just a nightmare outfit you know and it was normal for her and i feel like i wouldn't have wanted to see her in dresses forever and ever like i wouldn't have wanted to see her get used to it
1: you know what i think it was it was the, the hair with the curls and they didn't like brush it out it was still like all clumped together mm-hmm. in those little ringlets and it was too few of ringlets where they, <laughs> they should have like put their fingers through the hair just to make it a little more natural. But it makes sense with the situation. Her hair's never been curled before. No, it hasn't. And, oh, I can only imagine what was in her head. It's like, what is going on right now? <laughs>
0: it's like, you're going to burn my face. All the, all the people listening to this who don't care about curls at all are just like, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> okay, so we can move on to the dinner. They had a wonderful dinner and they found out eventually that she's a wildling. And, oh my gosh, Sam's father's so rude. Randall Tarley so needs
0: to get out.
1: <laughs> I don't like Is him. Is that his name? Yeah, I had to look it up. Randall
0: and Melissa, Melissa Tarley. That's daddy and mommy Tarley. And then the brother with the unfortunate name. And then the sister one that I don't remember her name.
1: So she's technically a wildling, but I don't think I would consider her a wildling when comparing her to, like, Egret or Yeah, Tarly.
0: no. I think they assume that they're all the same culture when really they all have their own little like camps that they live in or she did anyway so
1: craster's keep is very different than where torment's from
0: yeah i have in my notes here daddy tarly is rude fat shaming is not cool man
1: oh no he just wanted bread
0: (laughs) i know and i also liked that he was like do you want any bread he was like yes thank you mother and then this serving person gave it to him (laughs) i was like real nice real nice But heaven forbid that Sam reads, heaven forbid,
1: just wants to become a maester, get his chain.
0: I like how his brother was like, there's no such thing as White Walkers. Ha ha ha. Well,
1: little do they know. Well, (laughs) so after during the dinner, they or his father tells him, this is your last night at Horn Hall, but we'll still take the kid and she can work in the kitchens.
0: Disowning 101. Oh, yeah. But Mama Tarly steps in. And uh, sort of drags them off a little bit. She's like, you know what? We're not having this. You're a butt. And so they leave. So
1: glad she stood up to him.
0: I like her a lot. And I feel like we're not going to oh, see yeah. her again. And that makes me real sad inside.
1: I know. I think we'll see her again at least once more. Probably to so. see her die. Ugh, I know. Bummer. Thank you, Game of Thrones. Uh,
0: habits. Habits. They can't help themselves. But after that, Sam says, well, I have to leave. Because my dad told me I have to leave at first light. So gonna see you around, but then, you know, bye Gilly and take care of Sammy for me. And she's all unimpressed, but says, you know, you're awesome, your dad knows nothing. They uh, have a little smoochy smooch and then he leaves, but comes back.
1: And decides that we're going to steal Heartsbane, and we're going to leave. And Heartsbane is their family sword, which is Valyrian steel, so now Sam can fight the White Walkers. That's an awesome like sword
0: name. I'm just saying. I love that sword name. So they're peacing out. And they're taking the sword, and they're going to be together, and it's going to be great. Except I feel bad for Mama Tarly, because she'll be all sad, I bet. I I like the bit where she asks if his father's going to come and he's like, well, he can try, watch him, and it's going to be great. He can
1: bloody well try.
0: It's going to be great.
1: But I feel like it's going to be foreshadowing of either his death or Gilly's death. Or Mama Tarly's death. Or both. Yikes.
0: As long as it's not Baby Sam. If it's Baby Sam, I'm going to be like real mad.
1: Yeah, I don't think they've killed Baby Sam off.
0: They've already killed a lot of babies, technically. Anyway, so after that, we uh, jump back over to Arya, who's at the play again, third time, and she seems...
1: Hey, she likes her theater. I
0: know, she's amused with it now, it seems. Um, I like that in the play, Tyrion, you know, is the one that poisoned him, and then it sees you see him kill off... What's his name? Tywin. You know, Daddy Lannister. Because apparently I'm very creative in my notes with how I name people. Papa Lannister. Yeah, Papa Lannister. There we go. Be d- you know, different. Uh, fake Joffrey is heinously bad at dying. And Lady Crane plays Cersei. And she's the one that is supposed to be offed that day. So Arya goes in, puts in the poison. She's like, alright, gotta leave now. Except fake Cersei, Lady Crane, is like, hey... Oh, you're cute. You want to be in the play because you're sneaking in to see stuff. Do you like playing people that you're not? And she's like, ha ha ha. I gotta go. <laughs> this is getting real too close to home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave My now. My father's
1: waiting for me.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and she's like, oh, Cersei would have been real mad. She wouldn't have been sad about it. Change the play. And uh, the guy that plays Tywin, who looks weirdly like Christopher Walken. Is like, no way, you're not changing my play. I'm a butt. And then the other faceless girl is there spying on her, which is not cool.
1: Aria has a short number, I think. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't think she has a short number. I think that the girl who serves the many faced god, whose bros would. Jackin? Mm. Whatever his name is. Home slice from Faceless Man. Yeah. I think that she and Arya are going to get into a lovely battle, but Arya is going to kick her butt because we've seen her before. Arya's become the protege, the master student, and the student will win against the master. Plus, she's also
0: been trained by Mr. Sword Dance Guy. What was his name? I don't know. Sirio. Yeah, that one. Because
1: how do i remember that i have no idea
0: but the faceless girl's like look i saw her you know not let the lady crane drink the poison and be like that girl the one who wants her part in the play wants you dead because she figures it out while she's watching them because the you know the girl's mouthing off the words to the like you know the lines backstage ish and uh the girl's like look faceless guy I know she's not. She's not doing her job, and he's like, oh, "I'm disappointed." And he's peeling off this dude's face the whole time, which is disgusting. And hey, now uh, we know how they do it. And she's like, "You promised me," and he was like, "Don't let her suffer." So apparently, she gets to kill Arya, which will be fun to watch her try. Arya's not my jam, but I don't want her dead yet.
1: No aria finally retrieved needle from under the pile of rocks she stashed it under yep and she is preparing herself for the worst because she knows
0: yeah because she set herself up with the knife and the the sword and like a candle in this little corridor looking thing so i'm hoping that we'll see the rest of that scene next episode or like the one after but you know fingers crossed at this point
1: I think that the smart thing for her to do and I think what she might end up doing is join the play troupe, mm. because we've seen so much of them already and she I think she enjoys the playhouse much where she's going to be kind of, kind of become the next Lady Crane I hope and, so because she's
0: obviously very good at playing people she isn't and I sort of mm-hmm. in my like heart of hearts I think it would be really charming to see Lady Crane sort of take her in I think that would be super yeah. cute so, a little mentor. yeah, I think it would be really good, and maybe calm down Arya a little bit, hide her as a character, maybe I don't know. Not that the faceless people need help doing whatever it is that they do.
1: So, okay, so after Arya kicks, <gasps> oh, but or kills the other thought. the faceless woman, she will join the play troupe and go around Essos with them. But she needs to go back and join some other plot lines because I miss her with other characters.
0: Dude, though, I had a thought. Oh, uh, What's your thought? <laughs> So picture she and faceless chick are du- duking it out, right? Okay. And she starts running away and they're running through the streets and they run into Lady Crane and Lady Crane's like, what is happening, man? I don't like this. Why are you, you're not, I thought you liked plays. What are you? I don't understand. And Ari goes, well, I've been trained in all these cool things. And she becomes Lady Crane's like bodyguard chick, like a Brienne, but like tiny. That would be Aww. so cool. Tiny Brienne. And then they could travel around and she could be a boss.
1: Still need her to go with other plot lines because I do miss Arya and everything. Well, and- yeah,
0: but if they start traveling around, eh?
1: Yeah, and we need a four and a half starts reunion, please. Oh, I need that badly.
0: That'd be great. It's getting it's getting real old. I need to see what's up with uh what's his face Ricken.
1: I think we'll find that out in a week
0: or two. I mean, I mean, we have to because they've said we're going to go and storm the castle. Ha ha ha!
1: Yep. Let's storm the castle. Yeah, Stormia Castle's gonna go wonderfully. Yeah,
0: didn't Monty Python. After we've seen the play and everything, we go back to uh Marjorie and the sparrow and the Tyrells are like, hey, we're going to bring guards and Jamie's going to have guards and then we're going to show up and we're going to stop it so that they don't embarrass the Tyrell house because they already messed up the Lannisters. And if they mess up the whole crown, then we're doomed because no one will like this anymore. So they come up and Lord Tyrell gives this weird speech about like, we're going to save the day. And Jamie's like, all right, dude, calm down. Let's not do this. Madness Spar- has
1: had its day.
0: <laughs> I was just not impressed at all by that speech. But the Sparrow's all, you don't have any authority here. And Tommen walks out to join Marjorie because they're like, look, we're fine. We're bros. We're the two pillars of community or whatever. And it's going to be fine. And Jamie's not impressed, as per usual. And Grandma Tyrell is not impressed either. And it looks like a nightmare because all the people are like, yay, we like this idea. And the horse runs up the stairs, which is awesome. And basically, Jamie's in trouble, like a lot.
1: You know, I bet the bell woman is really angry. She couldn't follow Marjorie around with the bell. Also, <laughs> did you did you see that guy? What guy?
0: That guard was my favorite thing. With the one with the thing on his head, the forehead guy.
1: No, I did not. Oh my god.
0: It cuts to him for a full, like, four or five seconds, and he has the best expression. It is priceless.
1: Oh, I missed that. In my two launches. I might
0: make him, if I can find that picture, I'm gonna make him our, like, featured picture okay. on the website. Okay. <laughs> Reasons to go
1: click over to that website. It's so funny to me. Also, they did not cut Marjorie's hair. No. Poor Cersei. She got the short end And of she the wasn't stick. nude. Well, okay- I think if the walk of atonement would have happened, they would have just kind of dropped the burlap sack off her, and then you. True, but bring. she didn't
0: look terrified at all, which to me says N- obviously she wasn't worried about it. Yeah, so
1: she didn't have to cut her hair. She knew. Yeah, I'll be fine. I mean, you think that they would have been like something's off, something's different? Her expressions during that, I'm like, okay, she is. She looked dead inside until jamie and the tyrell army showed up because i think that it, was her she thought. looked genuinely surprised to yeah me. i think that was her thought of oh so i do have another chance okay i have another another way to escape this
0: yeah she's like oh they clearly want to help me out i have so other options let's let's make some ties because if she gets back to the castle even if Jamie's told to, like, get out, she still has all the Tyrells to hang on to. I
1: think it's once Loras is out, then she can start manipulating Tommen to overthrow the Sparrow, and that's how we'll kind of get rid of him. Yeah.
0: I mean, can we also just talk about how weird Tommen's voice is for, like, two seconds? He sounds 12.
1: I think he's supposed to be.
0: Okay, good. I was like, please tell me this is real life, because I love it. It's It's great. I kind of like it. Also, the Sparrow... Knew this was gonna happen and I love it.
1: He has birds everywhere, much like he Varys. is a
0: fantastic cult leader. The people like him, go rule your cult.
1: Also, while we're in King's Landing, Jamie is now stripped of Lord Commander of the King's Guard. He's no longer King's Guard because he attacked the crown and it reminded me so much of Bearst and Selmy all over again. When you attack the faith, you attack the crown. Does this mean he can inherit the Lannister title and all that comes with it again? Maybe. Because before he couldn't have it
0: because he was the
1: king, right? Yeah. yeah so maybe. does this mean he can now inherit all Lannister things? Which means he's is technically the head of the Lannister house. And if Tommen dies without an heir, then technically Jaime would be king next.
0: He's not going to kill his own son.
1: No. But things c- could happen to Tommen. It's not looking good for them.
0: I feel like Jamie should register that, and I feel like he hasn't yet maybe cuz he was like I'm going to go. No, he has, actually, hasn't he? Cuz he's like I'm going to go and that's later. I'll talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, we'll chat more about Jamie in a second, but before Jamie has his whole chat thing with Cersei, we cut over to Filch. Filch, and- <laughs> not Filch. Um Walter and fight. he's yeah, he's like dude, man, you lost a castle? You know where it is. Which is the funniest thing to me. That was probably my favorite line the whole episode. It's like, presumably you know where it is. <laughs> just go get it.
1: No, it's his great. sons are idiots.
0: I mean, you know, genetics aren't the best eh. for them. So Filch. But, Filch. Frey just wants to beat the Tullys. Uh, makes fun of the Red Wedding. Brings out Lord Edmure Tully. Hope I'm saying that correctly. It sounds like Edmir. Yeah, I think so. Who's... Yeah. His, his uncle Brendan was no, is known as the Blackfish. And uh, when we cut back to Jamie, Jamie's like, I have to go deal with Blackfish? And I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Converging plot lines. Let's do it. And so he says, no way, man. You're not going anywhere. Jamie says, well, yeah, I don't want to go. I'm going to hire people to tear up the sparrow into little feathery bits because he stole my son. And Cersei says, we need the castle, it's our castle, get it, because I told you to, because you can. And her trial is going to be by combat, so she's going to pick the mountain again, which to me is bad news. Hopefully it's not bad news, but I'm betting it's bad news. And they get gross and incesty again, which is not surprising, but still super unpleasant. Incesty. Yeah. Not, not great. No. I don't appreciate. She also makes this comment that they're the only people in the world I will always be together, which is not... That's, that's terrible foreshadowing-wise.
1: What about her sons? Son. Wait, she only has son now. One kid. If any character is like, we're gonna be
0: together forever, that's a terrible sign. That's a horrible sign.
1: Well, okay, so Jamie is going off to deal with the blackfish problem. He's gonna be on the side sort of, of Filch. Brienne is also gonna be there, because she has to go to the blackfish. <gasps> they will be on different sides. I don't even care, man. I'm so excited. It's a sinking <laughs> ship, so maybe it's time to hop on <laughs> look, over to the Torment Bree ship. Look, I'm all about Torment because I think he'll actually be a like good dude in the
0: end, more or less. But like, it's going to be so fun to watch them run into each other again. Oh,
1: yeah. But, okay, back to Edmure Tully. Oh, poor guy. He's been kept prisoner since his wedding. And I'm like, oh, hi, Tobias. Last time I saw you, you were on Outlander
0: really that's who that is i knew i recognized him
1: black jack randall or frank randall
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't like it (laughs) oh especially after last week Mm -mm -mm -mm. no
1: but okay with films i'm like go back to cleaning hogwarts you're much better at that (laughs) just where's your cat someone get the cat he won't do anything if you have the cat maybe mrs norris died and that's what's left him so bitter that's what set him off Mm -hmm. he's like you know what i'm gonna get my own
0: castle dang it that must have been it but after we see jamie going you know what fine we're gonna go and we're gonna rule the world and it's gonna be great which like good luck to you because i seriously doubt at this point we cut back to bran and mira and they're hanging out with the dude that saved them, and he's like, "I'm gonna bleed out this rabbit, and you're gonna drink it, and it's gonna be gross, but you're gonna do it anyway." And Brand's like, "Yeah, okay. Who are Who you?" Are you? <laughs> I'm your uncle Benjin. Um, uncle Benjin takes off his hood or whatever, and he's like, "Oh my god, Benjin, you're alive! I completely forgot about you because John said you were lost beyond the wall and stuff, which is what I was thinking too, because I completely forgot." But it's funny because about. Two days before the episode, I found this article that, if I can find the link again, I'll put it on the website, but they said that they thought that Benjen had, like, a 15% chance of being alive still. Like, you were correct. <laughs> sort of, technically. And he's saying, you know, I almost got turned into a White Walker, but the Children of the Forest saved me because they used dragon glass, and Bran knew that because he knows all the things now. And, but he's freaking out because he doesn't know how to do anything. So he drinks the rabbit's blood, which is disgusting. Oh yeah. And um, Benjamin's like, yeah. And on the the night king is gonna arrive, and Brown be like, whatever, I got this. Which you know might take a while. So he's hoping that he figures that out before he gets off.
1: Yeah, he has to learn how to control his power. And okay, can I say I saw that article or something similar? And so pretty much the moment I saw a mysterious character with. Crayon and Mira, I immediately thought, "Oh, I bet this is Benjen."
0: Like, "Oh, I I completely forgot
1: he existed." I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Like, I was like, "Oh, he's dead. Don't need to remember him anymore." (laughs) Because I saw different theories with him, I Mm kind of had that feeling that, "Oh, maybe, maybe this is Benjen. I bet this is Benjen." What other weird character could we bring out? Because it's not going to be Gendry, because he's still. Wait, if he's
0: Uncle Benjen, is he a Tully
1: or a Stark? Stark. Benjamin Stark. We have five, five and a half Starks. <laughs> but he's not one of the kids. Yeah, but he's still a Stark. Okay, five and a half Starks.
0: Yeah. I like four and a half Starks better. Four and a half Starks, more fun to say.
1: Yeah.
0: And Habit. So Benjen in theory thinks that he can help him train or something, which I'm all about that, if that's what's gonna happen. Because I would love to see a, ben, uh, a Bran and Benjen, like, training montage.
1: I'm interested to see how Benjen could theoretically train him since he doesn't have the Three-Eyed Raven powers.
0: In theory, if he was hanging out with the Children of the Forest, he could know more than we are aware of. That's true. But we don't know how long he was with them, so. Don't know. But after that, we cut over to Danny, seeing her again, which is fun. And she's on this, like, Trek thing with a Dothraki. And she's really weirded out. By markings on this rock wall in front of them, I'm pretty sure it's rock or like some kind of sand-looking thing. Rockish and yeah, you know, rockish <laughs> wall. And Daria's all, "Hey, we need over a thousand ships if you want to get your dudes across the ocean." Hey, it's a so, good thing
1: Yara and Yorod know, both want to raise the biggest fleet the world has ever seen. True, because they're coming to say hi. Uh-huh. So I'm ready for that. If that's the
0: season finale, I won't be angry. And Danny's like, no one has that many ships yet. Watch me. She doesn't say watch me, but she may as well. And she tells them to wait, because she looks at those markings again, and she's like, something I, I know things that you don't know. I'm going to be right back. She goes, and she gets her dragon, and she comes back and flies around and scares them all, and then she gives this speech that goes on forever and ever and ever, asking the same questions over and over and over again. But basically... The gist is, are you with me? Yes, we're with you. Cool, bro.
1: Well, it's like a parallel of Call Drogo's speech about how he was going to sail the sea and pillage everything. And she is turning into a little more power-hungry than I think we've ever seen her, and a lot more bloodthirsty, in a way.
0: No, for sure. I just had a problem with the speech because it very much felt like, look at my dragons, look at my firepower, literally, and help me out here. I don't think she has any leadership potential outside of the powers that she has and the th- creatures she can control. She can't work out logistics. She doesn't even, she has no idea about ships, how many people fit on a ship, how she's going to get a dragon on a ship, get a dragon across the ocean without it needing to eat or sleep or They'll any of that fly. stuff. just fly. Yeah. Okay. How big is this ocean? They're going to need to be fed. They're going to need to have rest at some point. What are they going to do, swim like dragon paddle across the ocean? I don't think so. Not going to make much sense. Oh, that would be cute. It'd be really cute. But she needed Tyrion if she wanted to keep that city. Like, she needs other people to do the smart part. She's very... Follow me. She's very good at speaking. But she's not good at figuring out plans for stuff. Like, she's like, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna do it. Watch me. And then she doesn't have any plan once she gets there. She's just gonna go.
1: I think Dario said it best when he said that she's a conqueror and that she will never be happy sitting on the throne.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know about her. I'm not I'm not convinced that she would make a very good queen.
1: No, I'm not anymore. I know there's this theory that she's evil and she's gonna be the main villain, and I'm kinda of down for this. And that seems Want it. Want it. <laughs> that seems kind of where we're headed. I'm I'm in. Let's do it.
0: I would appreciate that. It would be even better if the theory about Danny and John and their potential as like relatives and i don't want to get too far into that if people don't really want to get into theory but that theory would be exceptionally interesting if she was a villain and he was a hero which would be awesome because the book is called the song of fire or ice and fire or fire and ice I, don't know. I
1: think it's fire and ice yeah but she would be fire he would be ice and he could have his army of white walkers because he might be able to figure out how to turn them back into normal people, since we know- Well, Bran could. Yeah, exactly, because Bran can share his knowledge with
0: Jon. Well, Bran knows how to stop them from becoming White Walkers. I don't know if he knows how to fix them yet,
1: but he could do. But he might be able to find that and be able to relay that information to Jon. Jon can then- Yeah, because I was going to say that they could probably just overtake her, but if she has dragons, you just catch
0: them on fire, they're done. I don't know. I hope she's a villain. I don't think she would make a very good queen. No. I think she would make a little bit better of a queen than Joffrey, Moo as a king, but like not much.
1: Still need Tyrion as a hand, I think, if you're going to become queen, though. He could rule a lot Well, that means Tyrion needs to not die. Please, no. So I have a feeling he's going to, though. I feel like he's going to,
0: but I really hope he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Do you have anything else you want to cover, or do you want to talk about our favorite and least favorite characters?
1: I don't think I have anything else I want to cover. Uh, let's go on to our favorite and least favorite characters of the week.
0: Okay, so we're starting with favorites then? Yes. Okay, my favorite is <laughs> really strange. You're going to be like, what? My favorite is the sparrow this week.
1: Please go on. I
0: like villains if they're done well. And he's a cult leader, literally. The people love him. I cannot wait to see what it takes to like bring him down. It's going to be amazing. And he also is very much ahead of them in every every way. So it's going to be really impressive when they finally take him down. And I just like that he is that intimidating that they can't do anything.
1: My favorite character for this week was Sam, just because (laughs) we got to see a lot more of him. And he made his decision that he is going to take care of Gilly and little Sam. And he's standing up to his father and he took his family's sword, which I'm Mm. like, you go, boy, you go, boy. I can't say yeah, you go he girl. And, he and Arya were my honorable mentions this week. Mm, Arya was definitely second, close second though. Yeah, and then
0: least least favorite's not necessarily surprising. My least favorite this week was Danny because I feel like the speech was irksome. Amelia Clark is astoundingly brilliant at memorizing the Thiraki. I'll give her that. Like that was impressive, and she plays the character well. I just don't think that the character is necessarily what we expected her to be, and I'm not used to it yet. Whatever it is. So she's not really my jam this week.
1: I think my least favorite character this week was Cersei. The little bit we saw of her, I was kind of just annoyed with her. Plus we went back to More Twin Cest. Close second would be Filch just because I hate his guts, and he really should go back <laughs> to Cleaning Hogwarts, please. <laughs> but he had some fun lines, so Cersei beats yeah. him out just a little bit. Yeah, that's
0: fair. I feel like she was just kind of hanging out, which is why I didn't really think of her when I was picking Least Favorites. I think also when I finished the episode the second time, I was very underwhelmed by Danny coming in like, "Look at my dragons again! Oh, I just did that fire thing again! Like, look at all my powers! Oh wait, I don't know anything about ruling anybody." You know, I felt so, sorry
1: for her other two dragons because they get no screen time. It's just the one. I know. The one reminds me of the Harry Potter dragons. Yes, yes, they do. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> like. Totally fine. It doesn't bother me.
0: I just think it's funny. The other thing I wrote down in my notes was sort of like a joke question that was... was, I noticed how many houses began with the letter T. And so my joke question was like, Tyrell, Tully, or Tarly? (laughs) Because it would be Marjorie, Catelyn, and Lysa, or Sam and Melissa, or Melissa, how we pronounce her name.
1: Give me Tyrell. They're in charge right now. They have an army still.
0: The thing is, right, if you pick any of them, there's like a good and a bad one. Oh yeah. Because you could have like Sam or Randall, Catelyn or Liza, and like Marjorie and the grandma who apparently can't accomplish much and no. poisons people. <laughs> so
1: I would relate the father. Marjorie or her father. But hey, I would take Marjorie. I'll take the father. And besides, you have Sassy Grandma.
0: I think I would probably pick Tyrell as well or Tarly, but I would only like Sam and his mom and his sister. And his brother's kind of an idiot, so his brother's okay. But not the dad. I don't want Randall anywhere near me.
1: At least Liza's dead. But then again, so is Cat. And the ones you have left are Robin and oh, that little boy. Mm-mm. Nope. No, I just thought it was funny because I was I
0: kept getting confused about which tea was which. <laughs> I finally sorted them out today, and I was like, oh, that's a lot of teas. Did you make a chart? Like, no, I'm oh, not I'm that. Disappointed. Nah, I know you'd think I would. I'm very list oriented, but nah. <laughs> oh gosh i don't have anything else today unless you can think of something
1: i don't either okay then well i think that'll do it for this episode of the podcast thanks for tuning in to confab every friday join us as we rant rave and break down all things in the entertainment world
0: to learn more about the stories we talked about today check out our website at bit.ly B-I-T slash confabbed that's b-i-t slash social media this week's bonus story and more information about the podcast can be found on the site as well until next week, hit us up on Twitter at Rachel The Tall and at Lindsay H. Writes. But for now, I think let's consider this topic confabbed.